1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls all around the world, and the two astronauts that tune in once a week, this is Larry Charles of the Game Dev Unchained podcast, and it is my very special pleasure, and I said pleasure, I use that word correctly, to introduce the sexiest environment artist that his wife has ever met, Mr. Brandon Pham.
0: Hey, welcome to this week's episode. This is that sexy developer that Larry is mentioning, Brandon Pham. <laughs> welcome to our uh, welcome our special guest this week, Scott Anderson.
1: Mr. Anderson. How you doing, yeah. man? What's How's up, it going? Dude? Good to see you again, man. Good to see you. So for those of you who don't know, because we're, you know, we're so cordial with this individual, we all worked together at Sledgehammer Games in the past. Scott Anderson was awesome there, and I was so happy to get him to come on this podcast and talk about something that we talked about quite often at SHG, which is VR. This is it. This is finally the episode where we devote the whole hour to talking about VR. <laughs> And I, I, I couldn't think of anyone else to bring on, so I'm very happy that you accepted the invite. Hopefully you got that PayPal payment and we're good to go.
2: Yeah, <laughs> all, all, the, all the cash in hand right now, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready.
1: All right, cool. So everyone who's listening on Twitch, remember once again, you can offer questions whenever you like and we'll feed them into the show as necessary. If you are listening to this podcast on iTunes or any other format, unfortunately, asking questions will not work for you, but enjoy the podcast anyway. So, question number one. Uh, I'm going to just jump right in, Scott. What is your favorite VR system that's out right
2: now? Uh, I'm a fan of the Vive, like okay. like it's close, right? Um, and I say this as someone who's used Oculus Touch controllers, okay? Ah, extensively. Okay. So uh, there's there's always that caveat, right? Where people ha- have just tried Rift as it is in consumer form, yeah, and um. I've tried touch controllers. I actually really, really like the touch controllers. It's very close for me on mm-hmm. both systems, but I like the Vive a little bit more, just because it the the focus on room scale that it's it's a little bit more um, uh, like integrated into the product from a software standpoint mm-hmm. um, and a hardware standpoint.
1: Okay, well, let me ask you this. Uh, so we we've clearly identified that you think Vive is the best, but there's a lot of people out there who are holding out. For like, oh well, wait till Oculus gets the touch controls, right? So, can you at least say how much better the Oculus is when you do have the touch controls,
2: like significantly better? I okay. mean, that's why I said it's really cl- like with if you com- if you compare the Vive and the Consumer Rift as is now, Vive mm-hmm. is better. It's just having track controllers is always better okay. for okay. Most, for for most experiences. Obviously, you can do cockpit games and some other things that where it's it's kind of a wash, but. uh you know, with the touch controllers, it's close, um, and there's certain things that I like more about the Rift, um, mm-hmm. which are about generally about ergonomics, right? The headset's lighter mm-hmm. than the than the Vive headset, and people know this now, right? Um, the touch controllers are a little bit ergonomically better than the Vive controllers. Okay. Um, so ergonomics, I think Oculus wins out. Tracking, Vive wins out a little bit
1: more. Ah, okay, okay. I like that. I like that. Um... Next question for me then is, out of all of the experiences and games I can say I think now we can differentiate between the two uh between all the experiences and games that you played, which one has been the most like holy shit, this is what I've been waiting for this is v r
2: that's a good question um there's a lot of things I like, mm-hmm. but right now um I don't know if there's a, actually an experience out there that's like we have arrived on the uh, software side, okay, which is interesting. Okay. To say, right? So I really like Audio Shield a lot. I really like um, Job Simulator, fantastic contraption. I really liked Lucky T- Lucky's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eve Valkyrie's cool. There, there's lots of great experiences out there, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that's like, you know, yeah. it, it's 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 something that people bring up a lot, where we're like a lot of things feel. Um, kind of like tech demoe or, mm-hmm. or mini game and those things are amazing yeah but there's not really many experiences that you want to spend you know hundreds of hours in right gotcha now, right. so i feel like maybe we're in the age of like
1: when the iphone came out iFart was released right where it's like oh this this app that just does this little yeah. farty thing but like we're years away from like the angry birds level stuff the infinity blade level stuff or you know.
2: Yeah, we're definitely in that era. Um, you know, I, I even like to think of it as like, you know, we're kind of in the in the Atari 2600 era or the okay. early arcade era, like the 70s of video games, right, as far as VR is concerned, Yeah, yeah. where uh, you know, a lot of these ex- people are just trying to figure out basic interaction, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, earlier in the office we had some playtesters come in and try the game and just, and they were new to VR also and mm-hmm. there's this thing where um, you know, people are blown away by the VR experience, but they don't understand the, the level of uh, like like if people have a good idea of if they play console games of like what a first person shooter on a console plays like right mm-hmm. or, you know if they play smartphone games like everyone knows how to interact with a smartphone right but VR like basic interactions and inf- affordances that the systems give you yeah. are not well known yet so teaching those things <laughs> is, a, is a fun challenge as a developer
1: yeah I hear you man um, so, speaking of development, you are now at uh, Phenomena Studios. Yes. Is it studios or games, or is there like a, a second Phenomena. Okay, Phenomena. Phenomena. Okay, cool. How long have you been there, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Uh, it's been it's coming up on four months, I think, now.
1: Okay, and is the company... Uh, one other question that I hope you can answer. Is the company focused on doing VR products and
2: entertainment, or is there a plethora of things that you guys... Uh, there's a plethora of things. Okay. Um the pro- the project i'm doing on is primarily i'm working on is primarily vr it's a game called luna um okay. and it's a musical puzzle game uh with puzzle elements and creative elements um so uh but uh some of the other projects are one of, one of the projects with tom um is a console game on ps4 mm-hmm. uh it's actually from the creator of Katamari damashi okay um, okay hidetaka and uh, the, uh, another project that we have that I think is unannounced now. OK. I, well, it, it, Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, let, okay, let's I just know. say at Google I.O., there will be some phenomenal people on a panel, and this is definitely announced, okay. talking about Project Tango. Okay. So it's a Project Tango-related thing, which is an AR tablet. So we're also doing AR projects as well. All right. Well, I hope we can
1: launch with that. I hope no one's sending us a letter. Game <laughs> Dev on Chain, pull that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> like it's, it's too fine. late.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest uh, problem with the consumer not knowing about it is the consumer simply doesn't know about it too much. It's like it's be- it's between developers discussing the the possibility of VR. We're playing around with the system, figuring out different controls. How do we interact with it? We don't. And you guys are right. We don't have like a, a killer app for it yet. To put into malls for people to try. I mean, we have a lot of those Steam VR games, those little contraptions, those little demos that they got going. The tech demos are really awesome, and I feel like they are ready to just place in the middle of the mall, like how those Microsoft uh, booths are, and they just have people try it on and get it right away. But um, yeah, I mean, the price point is tough. How do you feel? Like, do you think it's the experience that is con- keeping from the regular consumer from picking one up? the pricing or the combination of everything like what's keeping my friend who has no idea about games from actually wanting to get
2: one honestly right now if you read reddit um or or neogaf or like just anything on the or oculus forums any place on the internet um the biggest problem right now is that they're severely com- supply constrained and like mm. a lot of people ordered them right and have still not you know their ship for for the rift the shipping's backed up into august for um I think it's in May or June at this point. Oh, so so. You know, it's, they're still they're still working the kinks out of the the pipeline, basically to just produce hardware and get it out there, regardless of the cost or, or the content. You know, I don't I don't think. I think if you're an enthusi- if you're a developer, it's definitely worth getting one if you can get your hands on it because there's lots and lots of opportunities. I think in terms of just. Um, you know exploring the space from a design and technical standpoint um if you're an early adopter and you just want to be blown away and you just want to be ahead of the curve i think there's definitely a lot of value there for you and there's there's enough content i think and there'll be enough content coming out that it's worth it um if you're just kind of an average consumer though i think it's better to hold off actually because prices are going to come down um There'll, there'll be more content it's just like it's like any early adopter thing right mm. you you get more value once the ecosystem is is kind of shaking itself out and once you know the the products have there there there's there's setup issues there's software issues still and mm. you know those things need to be addressed
1: so from what I heard from what you just said is the Vive is the system you think is the best and it's the one that you'll get the soonest if you buy now. So Vive has two
0: points yeah. up. Vive <laughs> has it going on. So what's what's going on with Oculus, man? <laughs> they were first one out of the gates. They they kind of got the momentum going, and now they're I feel like they're behind.
2: Um. Yeah, I mean they're they're behind in some ways. They're once again they're better in other ways. Uh but you know, I I actually don't know what's going on. I feel like they, they're a little um
0: like money ambitious. right now.
2: <laughs> well <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean they, they, they got bought out yeah. for a
2: lot and they have Facebook's backing, but <laughs> but uh you know, I, I feel like they're very ambitious and to do a hardware rollout of a new device of that scale is like, you know, when, when's the last really successful hardware launch of that scale that, that you've seen, right? And like new technology. it's like Apple and Microsoft, right? <laughs> like, Or yeah. maybe Google. Like, Google's rough on their hardware launches even. So yeah. it's just a difficult thing to do. Like, And plus, I
1: think, if I can jump in and say something, from what I'm seeing, Facebook is adopting the idea of, like, it's not just, like, an entertainment or platform for, like, gaming, but they're doing things like, hey... I saw the demo like hey look we're in front of the Eiffel Tower let me take a selfie of you there and like oh give me a necktie to wear that you just drew like they're they're really pushing for a lot of just connectivity between people in a VR world mm-hmm. and I think everything that I've seen thus far on Vive has been like myself by myself you know in some sort of entertaining experience and then there was that drawing I did like a little drawing thing but that was the only non-game or non you know virtual reality experience that I did nothing was like very social I'll say you know nothing was designed around putting people in better communications or connecting people and just you know shortening the distance between them somehow and I think Oculus definitely being you know partnered with Facebook now has a lot of that influence in why that tool is being made the way that it
2: is you know yeah definitely I mean I think everyone who's working in VR Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't done many multiplayer experiences myself uh, in VR there's 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 Hover Junkers is a multiplayer game on Steam right now. And because not so many people have vibes yet, um, like the player base is relatively low, right? So so you know, it has the same problems that a lot of multiplayer titles have with low player bases. But yeah, I think you're I, sitting there with the developer. Yeah. <laughs> <playing> the <game. laughs> pretty much. But I think I think everyone that has tried um, you know, multiplayer uh experiences or even like if you look at Um, a lot of local multiplayer games where you can or mixed mixed reality streaming stuff where you can uh, see the motions the player is going through Mm -hmm. like even if it's very abstract where you just see their tracked hands and like the tracked head you can A you can see what type of experience and and or game they're doing because there's like a signature to like the Mm. moves you're making but also you can a lot of time figure out who that person is if you know them Based uh-huh. on their body movements and their mannerisms and stuff, wow, that's all pretty cool. all come across. So there's a lot of potential and power in that in social context because that's one thing that's missing from a lot of online communication, right? Like, uh, you know, obviously video chat, teleconference stuff puts a lot of that back in it, but yeah. um, eye contact's a big problem, right? I'm like. I can't. I'm not really making eye contact with Larry right now. Yeah, I'm not even looking um, at you guys. I'm browsing. That in, in VR to some extent. Um, uh, Microsoft showed some pretty cool stuff with Hololens, where they did this thing called Holoport, which was you know in, even more advanced. Even though it's purely research level, is even yeah. more advanced um, telepresence application because they had this real time. Uh, like camera rig that was doing some photogrammetry and like scanning people in and showing them uh, like across in our your space internet. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty amazing. Like like so someone was just kind of in your in a holographic form in your living room. Right. Uh, so so I think there's a lot of really interesting social stuff coming, mm-hmm. um, but you know it, it's early days, so people are still working on it. Yeah.
1: You don't have to go to Coachella to have your Tupac hologram throwing up the (laughs) dub.
0: I really do think VR is going to play a big role in in music. Yeah. Bringing the concert. And, well, let's address the elephant in the room. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I had a joke, dude. I had a joke, and I know where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, when he said you could tell like by someone's body movement what kind of experience they're having, so I was going <laughs> to be like, "Oh, dope, so you can tell when someone's playing v r tennis or yeah. watching v r porn
0: you know? v r <laughs> yeah. porn is the killer app like I think it's it's that app that's gonna you know wake up the consumer and be like, "Hey, this is a viable platform that." I hope and not, I help man. You guys out. It is, dude. I don't want VR to be. I don't
1: want VR VR porn to be the first most popular thing about VR. Too
0: late, man. Yeah,
1: I mean,
2: I really don't. Apparently, it's definitely popular on on Gear VR and and cardboard <laughs> and some of the mobile headsets where where it's like cheap to get to, right? Yeah, man, I don't <laughs> think so. The the problem with that industry it's in intense. general is that like it's it's very very low margin at this point, mm-hmm. so it's just like race to the bottom. So. Like it, it, it may be something that gets people headsets, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what you get. But you know they're they're still gonna they're still gonna yeah. what like when it when it comes to spending money they're gonna spend money on other things. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, you start with, with VR porn, right? But I mean, you only can do like three minutes of that. <laughs> and eventually, you want to play
2: games, yeah, right? Play <laughs> it's the gateway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really excited for uh, uh, multiplayer like VR sports games. Right, yes. we can do kind yeah. of a, a mix of an eSport and a real sport. Yeah. Um, uh, uh CCP um, recently showed a, a teaser for a game called Project Arena, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a Disc of Tron frisbee mm-hmm. game. All right, it's really awesome. I saw that. It looked good. So, so you know, I'm I'm excited for things like that. and I think there's a lot of potential to do that with motion controllers. Yeah, I which can't is- wait. Who would you say like is, is
0: the developer to uh look out for on the VR front? Like these are the guys that are gonna make something that's gonna blow the door open. And you can't use your own company.
2: Yeah, I can't use your Phenomenal own company. Phenomena, <laughs> of course. <right>? <laughs> see, see. <laughs> um uh, a lot of people are really excited about this game called budget cuts. Um budget cuts. and I, Real I life. don't remember the I don't remember the uh Name of the developer off the top of my head, <laughs> Sorry, but um, the it's it's a uh, stealth um, you know kind of uh, f- first person um, you know stealth game, okay. uh, and basically the it's called budget cuts because uh, there's a you you work for this company and they're downsizing and you have to basically kill all these robots to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what it is but um it's it's pretty cool it uses uses a a teleport mechanic which is kind of similar to portal teleport is very um popular in vr titles Mm -hmm. right now because it's one of the only ways you can do locomotion that works well in room scale that doesn't make people sick um Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel weird also um if you do kind of unnatural uh like analog stick or touchpad driven movement um It makes a lot of people sick and Mm. also it often doesn't feel very well. Like some people are really, it it doesn't bother me personally that much actually, um, but it kind of takes me out of this space. Uh Um, It feels like the room is moving to me, right? Yeah. Um, And and a lot of people it makes very sick and that's why some of the early VR demos made a lot of people sick.
1: Yeah. I've always wondered about that because I mean, I know there's more about it, right? Like I'm in a car, let's say, so I'm in a car, I'm not driving, I'm a passenger. So I'm on a vehicle that's moving somehow, right? That I don't control, but I can move my head around. So I'm experiencing locomotion as I'm translating with the car, but then I can also rotate my head freely and see what I want. And that's not a disorienting effect in real life. But obviously in VR, it's like, no, don't do that. You're going to kill people. You know, They're going to throw up all over the place. Now, I mean, maybe five years from now, it'll be different. But from right now, I know people are very, very like cautious about how they handle movement and uh rotational motion at the same time in vr and i just hope it gets better i really do
2: yeah i mean it really depends on the motion right like if you Mm -hmm. if you have a relatively constant velocity without much acceleration like in a forward direction like Mm -hmm. you would with the car i mean car car is obviously accelerating and decelerating Mm -hmm. but it's pretty predictable it's pretty smooth Mm -hmm. that usually doesn't bother people that much it's like you know things like strafing, where you have this very fast side motion, or oh, okay. uh, like spinning in place, like yaw, right, very quickly. That makes people dizzy very fast. Gotcha. Like you just, gotcha. if you were to put yourself in VR and with just standard first-person shooter controllers, which you know some people have, and I definitely have, like in, in earlier demos, like uh, Team Fortress Two, and you just like go full on on the analog stick to the right and spin yourself in place, you'll get very dizzy very quickly and. Mm. Prob- sick mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's pretty universal right like so so some of it is just like a lot of a lot of motions uh and movements that are standard and have become standard and people become used to in first person games um are actually pretty unnatural if you think about them in a realistic context so that does isn't to say first person shooters aren't possible in vr mm-hmm. um, uh when it, at gdc i actually tried um Epic's uh, bullet train demo, which is okay. an Oculus Touch-based thing, uh, it's it's not publicly available. It's only been at trade shows so far, and they haven't announced whether or not they're going to develop it into a full title. But it's you know the kind of the closest thing to like a Call of Duty in VR, and it's very different because it uses uh, point-to-point teleport-based movement. Um, mm-hmm. It's all hand-track controllers, so a lot mm-hmm. of shooting feels more like the light gun game. Uh, it's It was also one of the most tiring <laughs> video games I've ever played. Because like, if you try and act like a superhuman soldier in real life, you will <laughs> tire yourself out. It was a lot of fun, though.
1: Yeah, nice. That's cool. So that's the Epic Bullet Train demo that we yeah. can just see from yeah. Epic Games. Now, yeah. is that something that I can download onto my own personal devices right now? or Not yet.
2: Epic, okay. has, Epic has a habit of releasing their demos um, for free with full source code uh, for anyone that downloads the Unreal Engine. Um, and they've done that past, they had another demo called Showdown, which was kind of just a fly-through tech demo-y thing. Uh, and they released that not too long ago, like, mm-hmm. say, six months ago or something. So I imagine when Oculus Touch controllers are released, uh, you know, probably sometime between that and GDC next year, they'll release that that demo and the, all the assets and all the source code so people can play around with it.
1: Uh, very nice. Uh my next question for you is out of all the engines that you have experience with, and I don't know if you've had experience with multiple different engines that export to VR, but which one, if you can say this, seems to be the most VR friendly currently.
2: Um Yeah, so I've I've done some stuff with both Unity and Unreal 4. Um and I'd say right now, uh Unity probably has a slight edge because just because most Unity titles are being made uh or most VR titles are being made with Unity okay. uh, right now, so there's a lot of effort by various platform holders um, to make it well supported. Um, okay. But Epic Epic does a lot of great work to get VR and and like maybe a year ago this wasn't true, right? Like mm-hmm. like maybe a year ago Unreal was a little bit better. Uh, so Epic does a lot of support internally to get to keep VR up to date mm-hmm. um, and 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 running well. So I don't know. It's it's kind of Kind of depends more on which engine you like rather than which one is overall better or worse for VR. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the 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 current state of Unity, like if if you were to get um 5.3, the stable version of 5.3 right now, it's a little bit of a mess to do cross-platform VR because okay. Vive, there's no integrated Vive support, right? Um there's no motion controller support integrated. So you kind of have to download Vive and Oculus SDKs and like do specific things. This is in Unreal there's motion there's universal motion controller support, there's universal H and D support. And the beta version of Unity, which is five four, um, that's not the case. They have some support for both Vive and Rift, right? Okay. Now, okay. Native
1: now, here's what I would do if I had a vibe right now, and I hear a lot of people say stuff like this. I don't really care about the games right now. I just want to walk through a mansion of all my greatest character models or things like that. Like, do you have some sort of Scott Anderson museum of awesomeness that you're just collecting cool things to just go stand in front of and look at?
2: Not yet, but I should probably do that. Actually, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's like I've I have the high poly every Lamborghini ever made, all in a row, and I just walk by them and look at them in, in you know, incredible detail. Like I,
2: I cannot wait to do that. I'm gonna do it. I swear. That's a pretty good idea, actually. Actually, a friend of mine's working on a startup called uh, NVR, and there's a couple other other like startups like this. Um, you know. Sketchfab has has some VR support, even though I'm not sure if they support the higher end devices. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I think uh, Linden Labs, which made Second Life, is doing something similar. Like a lot of people are trying to move into this space where you can just upload content and share it with people. And it's just like easy, right? Because, like you said, like just looking at cool stuff in VR is compelling in itself, right?
1: And I think that's one of the main reasons I'm excited for Sony's VR is because I cannot wait to play. And I don't know when this will come, but I think this is like low hanging fruit here. Gran Turismo, like 10, you know, in VR. Like I see the cars in detail, I can walk around them. But then when I drive, I'm just sitting in my chair with my thumbsticks out in front of me or my controllers out in front of me, driving, quote unquote, the car. Like I, Gran Turismo would, would kill it, I think, in a VR
2: platform. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I mean, people are very excited about Project Cars and some of the driving mm-hmm. games. I haven't really done much driving stuff mm-hmm. in VR, um, but uh, you know, it's, a lot of people are really excited about that. I think. Yeah. Speaking speaking of Sony, uh, you should probably talk about the uh, PS4K. Uh,
1: <laughs> dude, I, you know, I I'm acting like that wasn't a real thing. I
2: swear, I am. <laughs> I mean, that that's. I think VR is a bit They haven't officially said that VR is a big driver of that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everyone's saying VR is a big driver of that. And, you it's know, it's the... It's, it's uh,
0: they're, sorry, they're, it's the upgraded system, right? The 4.5, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's basically the... I don't know, I don't think there are official specs yet. But the rumored specs that I've seen have basically put it like as... Kind of two PS4s duct taped together, right? Like twice as powerful <laughs> as a PS4. Yeah. uh roughly, right? Which which gives developers a lot of lot of extra room. Um mm-hmm. it doesn't have more memory really, but uh the GPU is twice as fast. CPU is more powerful. Um you know, which which is because it's like I, I remember years ago people were saying, Oh, why do we even need new consoles? Talking about, you know, the Xbox three sixty era. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like and then PS4 or and Xbox One come out and people were like, Oh yeah, this is cool. And now like it looks like we're going to have a three year council cycle, kind of. Dude,
1: that, <laughs> so you hit the nail on the head right there, man. Like, that is so not fair to consumers. Yeah. You know, like, oh, hey, thank you for your 400 bucks that used to last you 10 years. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, God, yeah. those poor moms and dads at Christmas time who yeah. thought that they were good until their kid got out of high school. Lo and behold, it only lasted them just out of middle school, first year of
0: high school. And now they got to get another one. Yeah. Well, here's I mean, the that, thing. It's... <laughs> It's confusing. It's a confusing market because people are buying iPhones every day, and those are like six, seven hundred bucks every year, right? I don't buy an iPhone every year. Well, every two years or whatever. But people usually upgrade as soon as their contract is up. And in console, it's a kind of weird thing. I think it's like more for our age than Mm -hmm. the youngsters like going out there buying consoles.
1: Well, let me ask you this: with the iPhone upgrades, how many people do you think? Just say percentage wise of all the iPhone customers. Up that upgrade every year. How many of them you think are just going in and plastering down a thousand bucks (laughs) versus sign me up for another year contract and add an extra fifteen dollars or twenty dollars? Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, breaking up in payments definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it makes sense. yeah, that, that that market is like either subsidized or it's like you know you're you're just adding, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, 15 bucks on your payments mm-hmm. and you know people are already paying their bills so it's not that bad because it, that that cost gets amortized and you can upgrade your phone at some point and just mm-hmm. keep paying into a phone, right? Yeah. You can't do that with a game console. You can't do that with a gaming PC. Yeah. So so it's kind of a good question of like maybe there's some way to start doing that, right? Like yeah. oh, PSN is 100 bucks a month but you just will ship you a new console like i'm in i don't think that'll happen but yeah (laughs) like if if they want to go down that route that that could be a possibility but yeah as 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 a ps4 owner and like someone who bought a very very powerful pc and Mm -hmm. a relatively powerful laptop you know in the last couple years i'm kind of looking at it and i i bought all these systems and like a lot of them don't really support VR in, in, mm-hmm. in full or they're like barely men's spec. Like I'm like, oh, this PC is so powerful. I spent yeah. like 2000 bucks on a PC a couple years ago. I'm like, it's so powerful. Nothing's going to touch it. And then like, lo and behold, it's, it's like, oh, well, now it's like men's spec again. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, you thought your money was going to last more than two years? No, no, no. <laughs> this is America in 2016. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, that's, that was my only gripe with the 4.5. I was like, I get it, right? Like, we can clearly see that a new paradigm shift is on the way. This adoption of VR technology, it actually, to me, feels like what should have been the jump from, like, Xbox 360 to PS1 or to PS4 and Xbox One, right? Like, I, especially considering going from an Xbox One to the next thing or PS4 to the next thing, I definitely felt like... The jump that I saw when I was knowing what an Xbox One and PS4 was capable of to then putting on a VR headset and seeing what that was like, that was the jump of, like, holy shit that you get every time you went from, like, Nintendo to Super Nintendo to 64 to then, well, I guess not really GameCube and Wii, but you see where I was going with that, right? That was that, like, level of expectation that I had, and so... Yes, I know that the industry wants to go in that direction. I'm just a little salty and I can take it. I'm a little salty that like my PS4 didn't even get me half a decade.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, especially after the last generation, it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of a shock, right? It's like, "Oh, wow, maybe I need a new system." And you know, you have for some developers I'm sure are happy because they have mm-hmm. more power, but other developers are not so happy because they have to s- support two systems where j- mm-hmm. you know, it's two fixed hardware that are very very close, so it's not as bad as pc or android or something android like that. i was gonna like, say yeah <laughs> um it's still like is is more work right mm-hmm. um, and as as a you know consumer i'm kind of like well are there going to be vr games that are like just don't run yeah or are, are they going to be uh you know console games that like are you know they say you can skip on frame rate right that's one thing you can kind of they, they have guidelines right but rumors rumored right um Apparently, so is it going to be like Call of Duty? If you have a normal PS4, is thirty FPS? But if it's if you have a PS4.5 or or whatever they're going to call it, PS4 Neo, then it's sixty. You know, those those are considerations, right? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, it's bad and
0: good for the consumer at the same time. And on the forefront, there's a lot of uh, people kind of buying into the VR, so you have a lot of different options. But it's the same problems; like you have too many options, and you're kind of segmenting the the audience and trying yeah. to grow them at the same time. Have you tried the PlayStation VR at all? Like, I have not touched that. I mean, is there anything <laughs> it,
2: different? It's to funny; about it? I still haven't tried it yet, even though there's I, there's one in my office right <laughs> now. I going to try it's it. It's on your desk, and you don't want to it's try all, it. it. Yeah, pretty much. It's basically on my desk, and it's like it's always been like, oh, I need to hook it up, and but I, I hear I hear good things about it though, um, and you know I'm excited because I think as as far as content goes, um, the Oculus launch was solid. The Vive launch was also solid. There's a lot of titles out there, but um, you know the Oculus launch had a lot of more substantial titles mm-hmm. that had been in development for a little bit longer. Yeah. But um, they they since they weren't designed around motion controls, they weren't um, they, a lot of them felt kind of just like these could be normal 2d games oh. uh but with just vr added on right like lucky's Tales is a solid 3d platformer but it's still like a pretty standard 3d platformer it doesn't it the do camera take and vive is kind of the opposite where like the games are had much shorter development times mm-hmm. i mean this is also one thing to consider people are talking about oh there's not substantial content but like what kind of triple a games or even like you know, more substantial indie titles do you know of that have been in development for less than a year? Yeah. They're not many, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why they kind of look like mobile titles because this hardware has only really been in developers' hands for, you know, in a lot of cases, like I think the longest case, maybe nine months. Yeah, plus, so if you think
1: about a game, investing the amount of resources it takes to give you that $60 AAA experience, you kind of want to know that you have a market that can absorb yeah. your costs when the yeah. game is on sale. And, I mean, come on. Like, even if Call of Duty were to drop on the Vive right now, like, oh, yes, Call of Duty is on Oculus yeah. and Vive, and it sells, what, an extra, like,
2: 10,000 copies? Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's yeah. not going to... Yeah. That doesn't I look mean, great. And because they're su- supply constrained, right, even if people bought the game and like they sold suddenly sold like 4 million systems mm-hmm. right because people are so excited which could happen right you know you never know if there's a uh, a big triple a title in vr could make a huge push yeah. but since it's supply constrained and uh you know shipping constrained even if people want those they're not going to get them to like the holiday season anyway <laughs> right mm-hmm. at this point if if, yeah. if if they suddenly got those massive orders right yeah. it's going to take a long there's going to be a long ramp time before everyone has that that, both that game and the harbor in their hands.
1: So, did you get a chance to play? Was it Fantastic Contraption? I think it was called.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How did you like that one? Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I've I've known the developers for a little while, um, and I, I actually remember playing the old like two D fin- Fantastic Contraption, the flash game. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's it's a really great. It's 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 interesting. It's and it's actually one thing where that game would be very very hard to make, not impossible, but hard to make without VR. Mm-hmm. Um, just because building contraptions in three D would be like you'd have to do like Maya style camera controls or whatever. Like mm-hmm. just like once once you ask people who aren't used to yeah. doing like level design or like three D modeling to work with the three D inter- interface. It becomes difficult. But In VR, it's really natural, yeah. and that's that's kind of one of the big things in VR, and, and one of the things I'm excited about. And it and it makes um, interaction in 3D space as natural as like touchscreen interaction is on mobile and with, for 2D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Fantastic
1: Contraption currently is my like. This is my favorite VR experience. I had so much fun playing that little game. It was cute. It was colorful, but it. It kept me in one place, and I got to build whatever stupid little machine yeah. to try to get the balloon in the little goal zone. It was just great, and it's 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 general audience, right? So anybody can be given fantastic contraption to be shown some of the potential of what how cool VR is. Yeah. So that's why I really like that one.
2: Yeah, I feel like I feel like all of the um, you know free pack-in games with the Vive, um, mm-hmm. Fantastic Contraption. Uh, tilt Brush and Job Simulator all do a good job of like kind of helping define um, you know a lot of the basic UI and and interaction VR interaction stuff uh, mm-hmm. kind of teaching people and also um, Valve's the Lab have you guys tried that at all uh, I think so that's the one Is where you're the repairing the robot one? yeah well so that's part of it right so okay. it's actually if you haven't tried the full experience you should definitely download it uh, when you get a chance to on on, on Vive. But uh so it has the robot repair, it has Secret Shop, which is kind of a Dota animation thing that they showed before, but it has a bunch of new demos or 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 demos made up of a kind of um tech demos they made for developers, but fleshed out more. Okay. Um so so for example, they have a thing called Longbow, which was a demo that they had in the developer version of Vive, but more fleshed out, like they made it into this kind of tower defense game where you pick up a bow and arrow and they use haptic feedback to do tension on the bow when you're drawing back. Well, wow. it's just really awesome, right? And they have this other demo that's um kind of a space shooter, like a like an old school shmup. but it's in three d and one of your controllers is your ship. Mm-hmm. And in order to fire at enemies, you aim with the controller and it auto fires, But you have to dodge bullets by moving your hand around the space. it's it's nice. it's, oh, it's like cool. it's like a lot of really interesting. Uh, you know kind of small experiences but like introductions to vr interaction and they do you 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 mentioned the um facebook uh f8 like social interaction thing where they're picking up the orbs and shoving them in their face Mm -hmm. Alp does that also and they're doing you around the different scenes so
1: yeah all right so here's here's a question for you. you may not be ready to field but i'm just gonna hit you with it anyway how do you think we can actually get around, like, walking or locomotion without the teleport? Like, do you think we'll ever get to the point where we can just be comfortable using a controller and then our head to do the, you know, axis rotation but and the controller for actual movement?
2: Um, I think it works well. That works well in, like, cockpit games or games where the room is kind of um, moving instead of just you moving, right? Mm-hmm. Because the problem is... Uh if you do if you do a completely seated experience it feels like you're sitting in a chair like in a vehicle or something right if you do a standing experience it's even weirder because you could still walk around mm-hmm. right <laughs> um but then you're doing stick or or touchpad movement right and it just feels like your your room is moving but that's okay for things like hover junkers for example where you're literally on a moving room right yeah. and there's a lot of different metaphors you can do with that where you can do you can obviously do like spaceships and and boats and stuff like that, but you could do mechs. you could do uh what actually one guy had a a thing that I saw at um on Let' dare this past weekend where it was a magic carpet right mm. and he he recommended that you um sit on a real carpet and grab the edges of the carpet to experience mm. it right? <laughs> <laughs> so magic carpet things like that elevators work so so there there's ways to get around it in that way um there uh, there's there's this technique called redirected walking which mm-hmm. the the problem with it is you need a decent amount of space for it to work mm-hmm. um, the best example on the vibe of it right now is this game called Unseen Diplomacy which mm-hmm. is a small uh, puzzle game which is pretty cool um, but basically you're con- constantly walking in circles but as you walk into new rooms it unloads rooms behind you mm-hmm. uh, and you solve a puzzle, and it, it it kind of unloads the room behind you, loads in a new room. So it feels like you're walking through this complex, even though you're just walking in circles. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, like
0: I, to me, the the biggest draw with Steam VR that I feel that is winning is because I am able to walk around
2: in a space, yeah. and yeah, like and it, you really get lost into into the virtual reality thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that just feels it, – it, it's it gives you the best sense of presence and it feels the most natural. Um, the problem with redirected walking is to make it really, really good, you need a lot of space. Like yeah. Yeah. there's, there's a, the whole VR kind of mixed reality, large-scale arcades like uh, The Void. Um, they do a lot of that, right, where there, there's this idea that they're kind of just like laser tag or a haunted house with mm-hmm. VR, right, where they, you can run around this warehouse that has – um, physical barriers like walls and, and props and stuff, but you have the headset on, so it looks like you're fighting zombies or like whatever is going on, right? Yeah. Um, but they also do tricks that expand that larger space because you can run around so, so much, a lot of the room, right? So I heard that um, in one example, they do the or in one of their demos, they do a, a Gears of War style thing, right, where one player is told to go left, one player is told to go right, mm-hmm. but when you turn around, it. Uh, loads a different scene for both of you, right? So mm. you're seeing different things, and you see that the other player dies. Uh-huh.
1: Right?
2: So, so you're seeing like, oh, your friend, who's a real person, is dead, which <laughs> they're not actually dead, but but you can you can give people different views of reality, even though you're mm-hmm. in the same space, mm-hmm. you're seeing different things, and like as you turn corners, you can load in different rooms for different people, so they have to deal with different things. Like, so as you start to get more space, that opens up a lot of possibilities, right? Oh, that's really cool. You know, I, 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 I think it's going to be challenging, but I also... It's kind of interesting because there's so much more you can do that in VR now that you couldn't do before uh, with with the standard 2D games. So the idea of, like, people are making kind of um, person-scale experiences that, that are on the scale of standard, like, kind of third-person and, and first-person action games mm-hmm. that we know of. But doing things in miniature works really, really well. And that's something that's very hard to do in a standard game, right? Mm-hmm. But you can you can if you fill the space with a lot of detail and a lot of things that interact with, um, you can do a lot in a room, right? And and there, there's 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 obvious examples with like tabletop and and like kind of hobby style games yeah. and like RPS's, um, but there's probably less obvious ones with like escape the room style games and adventure games and. Yeah. Weirder, more experimental things.
1: Model train simulator. Yeah, but yeah. one that's actually cool because you can like move around and see your real train set or something. I don't know. Good stuff. Yeah,
2: I mean, honestly, honestly, like one of the games I've been playing the most recently is Clash Royale, which is a mobile game that takes place on a single screen. Right. Mm-hmm. I think something like that would work awesome in VR, right? Where you're you're kind of in a constrained space. Um, you have quick rounds, right? But you know. Still a lot of fun. Uh, so you don't necessarily need a ton of space to make a, a fun experience that's pretty substantial.
1: Yeah, I, I refuse to jump into Clash Royale because it's another one of those, as soon as you're in, your credit card is held ransom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I haven't paid a dime. I'm oh, trying nice. To, I'm trying to be a free player. Nice,
1: awesome. It's, it's
2: hard, but... How's, how's, your,
1: how's your win rate? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, No disrespect to the developers of Clash Royale. You know what it is. It's a business.
2: I don't know if it's been rumored or announced, but at the very least, it's been rumored that Google is working on a more substantial VR system. um, Wow. Beyond.
0: uh, Man, I'm always... So whatever, I'm at a point where I'm like,
2: whatever, Google, sure, all right. <laughs> so, so, so they're yeah, working like, on a new thing. All right, cool. There, there's a lot of there's a lot of mobile VR systems, uh, you know, either out there or or in development. That, and and obviously the low cost helps. The the fact that all you need is a smartphone and everyone has a smartphone. There's there's a long-standing rumor that Apple is coming out with a mobile VR thing, which will happen at some point, but no one knows when. <laughs> so.
0: Uh-oh. Apple is one of those. Apple is kind of acting like Oculus right now. They're kind of like they were the pioneer when they first came out of the iPhone, but they're like right now they're kind of falling behind on technology. I feel. Yeah,
2: they they definitely need to innovate, and and like you know, a lot of the innovation happening right now is in the VR AR space. But really, Apple will only release super polished products, right? They, it's not until it's ready, right? So, you know, uh, I, I like to say VR is at the point where maybe we have a like a Palm Pilot equivalent you um, <laughs> don't have an iPhone yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. The Vive is, is probably not an iPhone. The Rift's not an iPhone, probably not, right? So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of potential when once mobile has, like, and you can see some of this in Project Tango or in HoloLens or, you know, in Magic Leap where you, you have AR features where you can do room scanning and environment scanning your room. So once you have hand tracking and like low latency room scanning and like eye tracking and all these features that are that are either not quite ready or just don't exist, right? And yeah. in a mobile device, like that device is going to be awesome, right? Like yeah, right. no constraints with wires, um, you can do a lot with it. You know, it's, it's haptic feedback feed- all yeah. over your body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean haptic feedback is, is really important. There, there's there's difficulty with full body haptic feedback, obviously, but that that's that's actually one. They really don't have a body vest that has half the feedback? I mean, is it that difficult to create? They have, some, they have some vests. I don't know how good they are. I haven't tried many of them. There have been definitely some Kickstarters and stuff for the, for that stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's the issue of, like... With, Too much stuff. With, with so, like, Vive is already pushing it for a lot of people where you have yeah. to, like, set up a, a, a mounting solution and, like, like, do all this room tracking and, like, move furniture and stuff. <laughs> uh, so when you start talking about... Omnidirectional treadmills and like, yeah, it's just advanced. a really, really niche. It gets niche. a little, it gets a little hardcore, and like VR exercise bikes. I mean, I, I guess you could pitch it like, you know, people, people have had stereo equipment and they've had speakers mounted, right? The lighthouse is not that different. Well, for I'm, so. I'm
0: really waiting on Dave and Buster's just jumping in on this. Like, it, it's ideal for those type of arcade areas to set up systems like this. Imagine if they built out a room where you can walk
2: around and steam vibe and is one to one to whatever experience. Yeah. It, yeah, that'll be that'll be awesome and I think I mean people are definitely doing that in the sense that just because the devices are expensive now um yeah. people are are just buying them and setting up VR cafes and and like, you know. There we go. Like where's a VR cafe? it in Nessis. 50 bucks a pop I, there's some in Europe definitely I don't like in, in 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 the United States at least in the Bay Area sounds um, like a ruse <laughs> and, and in LA also I think just in California in general I think the best your best bet if you just want to try VR is to go to a VR meetup like either ah, right, right. Uh, like VRLA or SFVR SVVR um, OC has one too yeah. yeah OC yeah so VR meetups are a good good place to even though you still have to wait in long lines <laughs> oh really um, yeah, for the most part. But, uh, you know, they're, they're a good, good chance to try out a lot of stuff if you don't have anything at home.
1: Man, if I spend 50 bucks for VR experience, I better be allowed to play for, like, at least two, three hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, so what's one thing that you can think of that may be a little underwhelming about the VR? Like, was there anything where you're like, oh, man, I can't wait, and then you get it, and you're like, ah, they they, they lied this is not the bees knees
2: i don't know it's difficult for me because i've been following vr for a really long time as you mentioned it's sledgehammer um you know i was i was kind of one of the first vr evangelists there's a handful of other people that that were also um and a lot of them are working in vr now too
1: i think you and jan were like the two that i was like yeah they're the they're (laughs) the guys
2: um but uh you know, um, so I've been following it. Like, I, I think the actual thing that got me into it was even before the original, uh, the original Oculus Rift Kickstarter. Um, Michael Abrash was working at Valve and doing VR research and did blog posts about VR and AR research, mm-hmm. and that got me excited. And then mm-hmm. John Carmack came out with, and he was kind of talking to Parma Lucky on, which is the founder of Oculus. Um, on the meant to be seen forums, which is like a VR forum where there, it was really niche and like experimental then. And there, uh, but he built kind of a early proto Oculus rift out of like duct tape and cardboard, literally, and three <laughs> running on it. And then, you know, the, the fact that like valve and Carmack and Abrash were working on it. And those, they were very, um, influential in my, uh, you know, just wanting to be a graphics programmer in the game and, yeah. just, and get into video games and, and like build three D games. I'm like, oh, I should follow follow this because it's probably legit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if the people that made Quake and Half Life and Steam and like have it's, fu- it's always the same guys <laughs> find all these industry trends are all on something. It's probably worth looking out for, right? And it's probably legit. So I backed the Oculus Kickstarter early on because of that, and you know, started like there. It was like interesting, right? But it still wasn't quite there. Um, and then like successive GDCs, I tried better and better technology, and it got to the point where I finally tried the Vive like sometime last year, and I was like, "This is this is it. These are this is like the first version of the package, right?" Gotcha. And I still think there are certain things missing, right? Like, yeah, um, eye tracking is not there yet, and that'll probably be the next thing to come in, right? Um, performance across the board and all the engines could be better, so that's why you re- need really really powerful graphics yeah. because. High performance requirements, but also optimization is not quite there yet um, on the software side. Uh, I think full body tracking eventually will be a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I think or, originally trying the Vive, I wanted foot tracking so I could mm. stomp on things <laughs> or kick <laughs> things. Right, oh, yeah. and, and I think that's coming. Like I, I, I'm really looking forward to when when Valve releases um, like. Lighthouse sensors that you can buy and hook up to an Arduino or, or like build custom hardware with because mm-hmm. I think a lot of there'll be a lot of interesting Kickstarters and like hardware variants that that you can build you know whether it's like clips for your shoes or clips for your pets so you can do pet tracking or um, <laughs> and there's already been a lot of you know the, the, the kind of uh, bootleg version of that is just like to duct tape a controller on a camera right. Um, and that's what people use for mixed reality streaming and mixed reality video, right? Where they, they track the camera position based on the controller's position in the space. Um, and then composite the video with the green screen later on. And that's been oh, right, right, right. That's, that's For a long time, people could not sell VR and video on a 2D screen. They No one knew how to, right? There was no good way to do it because people would look at a VR game and be like, this looks weird or it doesn't look that fun or it doesn't look better than a normal game. But when you saw the person inside of the game, like people got it, right? Because it's a good way of uh, conveying that feeling yeah. without actually being in the headset
1: yeah that's you know like there's nothing more boring than watching like the output of somebody's vr experience especially if they're showing like the two screen view but like once they started doing what you were suggesting in the vr videos and you see the joy or of the person like doing the like fruit ninja stuff but then you see what's actually happening to them around them that was a great sell yeah yeah they got a lot more people excited
0: the crazy thing about vr is like within our group with our within our niche group we're, we're seeing it unfold and we know the potential but we're literally like I'm sitting here in front of my wife and she has no idea she has no <laughs> idea what virtual reality is and it's going to blow her mind as soon as I get a headset and just put it on and just let her experience it. because I mean I'm sure you guys know someone within reach that mm-hmm. has no idea that any of this is going on and mm-hmm. as soon as they put that on it's going to be like light years for them because they didn't see the jump they didn't see Oculus on Kickstarter. They didn't see any of the of the steps that got us to this place where Steam Vive is like literally you're walking into space and interacting with things. So I'm excited for that. I, yeah. I can't wait to show all my friends who are not really tech savvy with this stuff is... Yeah, you know See their face.
1: Bringing that up, I'm actually a little jealous of like so for example Brandon your son, he has grown up and spent his entire life with cool technology. Right? right? It's these kids who like they're so used to touch screens that they walk up to your regular yeah, TV, TV and they start like why isn't what's going on here? Why doesn't this work? You know? Like now they're going to get, you know, VR is going to just be part of their life. Awesome technology is going to be part of their whole entire existence. There's no longer going to be that, like, you're a nerd because you're interested in this thing or not, right? It's like, hey, this is just what people do, you know? Crazy. I don't know where I was going with that. I just was thinking about that. So, <laughs> a little tangent. I'm 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 jealous <laughs> of like eight year olds right now because their whole life they get awesome stuff. And when I was an eight year old, we had like Teddy Ruxpin.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm also looking forward to what they're gonna create growing up with that stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, what, I think what, it's very- what is them? What where are they being creative?
2: What What does that it, look like? Yeah, I think it's a very different mindset because like you you look at kids now, right? And like, um they're growing up with minecraft right and mm-hmm. then like, it's coming into place right and then like you know social networks you know snapchat and mm-hmm. and etc are like coming into place and like they have all these i think very different ideas about like how software should work and what a game experience should be and like it, it's interesting because you know, I, I remember years ago seeing Warren Spe- an interview with Warren Spector or something where you know he was obviously a game pioneer and, and they didn't grow up with video games, right? They mm-hmm. they like a lot of them came from uh, pen and paper RPGs, so like D and D and stuff, and like even they didn't even really grow up with that, right? Like tabletop gaming before that, and they, they were pioneers in that. But uh, you know, they're like, oh, we want to see the first generation that um, grew up with games and what they build, right? And I'd say we built a lot of cool stuff, yeah, but a lot of it just ended up being like 2D platformers because that's what people grew up with, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We, so we made some of the best 2D platformers ever ever made, probably but like it, it it's it's kind of interesting to see what kids that grow up yeah. with these very different things that are in a lot of ways more interesting and I think in the long term uh, will will build in like 10 or 15 years or whatever.
1: I think a lot of coveted or not coveted, but what's the better word? I guess nostalgic game genres may die out. Like, Brandon kind of brought this up the other day He was like, you know, it'd be really cool to work on a beat-em-up And I was like, damn, a beat-em-up I was like, I haven't even thought of like Beat-em-ups in forever, you know what I mean Like, is that going to be a thing 10 years from now You know, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe not
2: There are people people still keeping it alive So,
1: But see, but look what you just said Keeping it alive It's Uh,
0: it's like dead
1: (laughs) It's like that guy who's got nine hairs That he combs across his head (laughs) Because he's just not ready to let it go (laughs) I don't know. Um, Mr. Anderson, one last question for you, buddy, from me. Uh, Brandon may have some for you after me, but what do you think is the one experience that people should be looking out for? It doesn't matter, regardless of platform. If you wanted to tell them, like, yo, get hype about VR because this is on the way. So it doesn't have to exist yet, but at least something that you know is, like, on the horizon. Is there one thing that you're like, when this comes out, it's like calling in sick, I'm going to be in it?
2: Um... I really want to see what happens with budget cuts because people okay. are very excited about it and it's still, it's still kind of tech demo ish. We, we had a, we had some conversation about it earlier and it got, I think maybe a little uh, derailed, but mm-hmm. it's a stealth, like I said, it's a stealth game. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of excitement around it. So, you know, I, I think that's, that's definitely something to watch out for. And obviously Luna, of course, <laughs> I think Luna's going to be actually really special. Yeah, um, You know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's still early. Um, but I think I think when it ships, uh, it'll be a really, really interesting VR experience for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, personally, I, I'm looking forward to
0: seeing what the other industries will do with it, like the travel in- industry or... Yeah. yeah. Because the biggest thing is with virtual reality, like, you don't really have to do much. I can just stand in a room and just check out the detail, and I, I'm already... I, I, can, I can buy into that already. Like, I, I can see myself in on in antarctica or like yeah. underneath the ocean and just like just watching things like, i mean mm-hmm. you have the headphones on it's literally a, a mind vacation vacation.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you I, know i, I want to see more of those experiences because I, I personally would love that yeah and i and, and i can imagine a future like i mean valve and in, in the lab has some photograph photogrammetry uh experiments where mm-hmm. they scan various um environments that are beautiful like mm-hmm. like national parks and stuff right Mm -hmm. and you can be there right and obviously there's there's some issues with photogrammetry in terms of like resolution and like mesh quality and stuff but overall it looks like you're there right like it's it's significantly better than 360 video or some of the other things which are easier to produce um and there there's some other startups that are working heavily on that stuff um its this thing called realities IO, which is basically that. It's kind of a travel app where they scan a bunch of environments using photogrammetry. and this is all 3D stuff, right? So it mm-hmm. feels more like you're there. you can walk around. Um, and there's this startup called Presence uh, with a Z. Presence, but instead of Cez at the end, (laughs) Uh, and they're they're doing similar stuff, and they have tech. But a lot of this tech is still very early, right? So it's something where, like in a year or two, we're going to see awesome stuff. You know, eventually, I'm guessing there'll be just like Google Maps. Photogrammetry or whatever, where just like half the world is scanned in, right? And you can go yeah. anywhere and just be there, right? That's gonna be cool, man. And telepresence is definitely gonna be, it's, it's telepresence is, is one of the strongest draws of, of VR, right? You know, uh, obviously, uh, creative applications and interacting um, in, in 3D space in a natural way is important. Um, you know, games will be important and are very important and will continue to be important, but telepresence will be a big thing. Um, Speaking of, of like, kind of industry-related things or just, like, uh, retail-related things, uh, one of the um, Vive launch titles was the IKEA VR experience, where Mm -hmm. you can kind of go in a kitchen and design it a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, which sounded really awesome to me initially, but... uh, Unfortunately, it's a little rough. Like it's it's very very alpha software. You know, uh, and it it felt like they rushed to get to launch basically. Um, like,
0: am, but, I, am, I, am I doing work? Am I doing
2: chores right now? <laughs> well, well, you don't actually build furniture, right? You just okay. you can kind of just change the cabinet color. <laughs> uh, the that the be problem funny? is <laughs> not everything is interactive, so they mm. they give you very limited interactions. So and that always feels really rough in VR, which well, is. Go ahead sorry oh i was gonna say it's one reason why i think vr especially when you start to see triple a vr experiences vr games i think are going to be way more expensive to make potentially than any other (laughs) triple a experience uh just because the depth of interaction in order to keep people present and you know feel like they're in a real space is so much more complicated right like
0: have, have you guys seen the 360 Google Spotlight stuff? I've seen some of it. Yeah. So uh, for people who have not heard of it, it's it's pretty much Google experimenting with uh, movies in, in virtual reality sort of. Mm-hmm. So instead of a static camera that shows the uh, actors doing dialogue or whatever, they're still doing it, but you're able to control the camera and look in a 360 view around mm-hmm. the whole set. Which is very interesting. Like uh, you're able to use their their cardboard thing to actually use the gyroscope to, to look around, like as if you're on the, the movie set while the action's <laughs> happening, which is a very, very interesting way of using virtual reality. Like is that the next evolution of movies? Like is that a step uh, above three D? I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like as far as movies taking advantage of the true reality.
1: Yeah, I I'm glad we're kind of transitioning in this. This is what I'm excited about is this idea of being omnipresent in a movie or, you know, and I've brought this up before, but like remember when Frozen came out and like the kids are watching Frozen like, yay Frozen. Imagine if you give those little kids like the headset and they're, you know, inside of Frozen and they can like run around Elsa or like look at different things that are happening in the world. That one movie can get you so many more hours of you know, yeah. time because you're, you're playing it or you're experiencing it from different angles or different views or finding these little Easter eggs that were hidden by the animation team or whatever. Right, right, right. Now, it, it's easy to do that in like a, a 3D movie. Probably very difficult to do anything even close to that if you're doing like real cameras, Right. Right. Like, nobody wants to turn around and see, like, a director in his chair, you know, like, looking intently at, like, a little monitor or whatever, you know, so... Or even worse, just a bunch of fake-ass green screen everywhere where the actors are.
0: I think that's how they're doing it right now, right? They just have a bunch of actors in front of green screen, and the whole environment is made in 3D, and you have, like, this VR GoPro rig (laughs) that you're doing. I mean,
2: generally, people are doing it with 360 video. There is... or or there there. so there's there's some there's a there's a startup called 8i that's basically doing like volumetric video for people um Mm -hmm. that is pretty cool um so that 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 may be an option to get like recorded actors into VR and Mm -hmm. they have some demos on for Vive and, and some other things that are that are pretty interesting that people should check out if they haven't um and uh like Microsoft has shown some things, like the Hololens stuff. Like I said before they have some research papers about you know scanning people. Um, all this stuff is really expensive. Lytro, which does light field cameras and they've been around for a little while, has a VR camera. And I was looking at uh, some some of their like marketing materials and stuff, and uh, apparently it, it cost one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to rent this camera. Right, so it's like you have to be. Very well funded and super high end, like Jesus. to do it. But it since it's light field, it, it does some volumetric um, capture and like within a within a certain area around the camera, mm-hmm. you can move around and you get parallax and you get some and you can move in that space. Well, wow. uh, so so I mean, there, there's technologies coming up that support that, but like you said, a lot of them are expensive or hard to use or not or people don't have access. Mm-hmm. So the idea of of like making that stuff cheap excites me a lot and I think yeah. I actually think you know how I mentioned kind of smaller arcade experiences and sports games and and stuff like that are going to be the first wave of VR games and then those are going to be fleshed out into more complicated games but I think the second wave is going to be narrative games mm-hmm. and whether those look like kind of VR films or experiences or more like games or something in between doesn't really matter I think because uh, I feel like in the long term VR storytelling is going to be different than film, different than the way we currently do narrative games, uh, um, and just different, like, like th- there, there's things where when you're in a VR experience, a lot of times if it's just static and, and Oculus has some things there, Oculus Story Studio has built experiences like Henry and Lost, which are pretty cool. And it's, it's, you know, they're made in Unreal for their real time 3D animated movies, right? You know, a lot of X Pixar people involved in these. So they're, they're very well done shorts. Um but you can't interact at all. You're just watching. Yeah. yeah. in VR experiences, I've I've always had the uh the desire to interact with, with the characters, yeah. right? So I, I there's this company called Lemonless and I did a demo with them at GDC and they made a thing called Gary the Gull, which is one of those experiences and they actually use voice. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it was just an off the shelf voice recognition uh solution. It wasn't very accurate or <laughs> Responsive, like a lot of voice situations are, but you could talk to the characters and they would respond. Um, so, and that was just like the tip, the tip of the iceberg of that, right? Like, so when you start getting to that stuff, it, it gets really interesting.
1: Nice man. Well, uh, Mr. Scott Anderson, it has been an hour. And it has been our pleasure to have you on this episode of our podcast. I've been dying to make this episode. And we might even do like an annual like what's what in VR kind of thing. So you might get brought back to do this again. Who knows? Let's see where it goes. Uh, I appreciate that. But as a thank you to you for being so open and sharing all this wonderful information with the audience, Brandon and I are going to be quiet. And we're going to let you plug and chug whatever you want to talk about, express interest in, or promote for the next couple minutes. The audience is yours.
2: Okay, yeah, cool. So like I said, I work at Phenomena um, and I'm working on a game called Luna, which is a musical puzzle game. Um, and uh, there's not a ton. There's a, there's some teaser trailers out there. Uh, there's not a ton of information out there, but I I I'd like everyone to follow Phenomena and all of our projects because I think we're doing a lot of interesting things. It's the most diverse game studio by far that I've worked at. It's women, um, 50% non-white. Oh, oh. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're building a lot of... um, The the games themselves are very diverse. They're very playful. They're they're designed to reach very wide audiences, um, Mm -hmm. both people that are gamers and people that are not traditional gamers or even Mm -hmm. non-gamers. And I think VR is a great... And AR is a great opportunity for us in that sense because a lot of people are going to be interested in these devices and looking for experiences and a lot of the existing experiences are targeting hardcore gamers only so right. you know uh, there's there's definitely a need for experiences that cover a wide base and a, a variety of different uh, people
1: awesome uh, any last like hey go check out this experience or go look out for this person because they're making waves in VR or are we are you all set
2: Oh yeah, I'm going to add one more thing. Okay, there we go. Uh, there's a there's a, there's a small game called Blarp which is like this weird experimental game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and it's like 3 bucks on Steam. And okay. It's pretty cool. You should check it out.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. I'm going to go get that. Uh which platform?
2: It's Vive. Oh, ah, okay. It's Vive only. All right, cool. But that game and Audio Shield are kind of the cool like smaller arcade experiences that I really really like.
1: Actually I have one last question for you. I gotta sneak this in because a lot of people who listen to Game Dev Unchained are considering or are doing indie game development. Do you think that VR can be a sustainable platform financially for small indie game devs like teams of two, three, four people?
2: Um, right now VR is an interesting space because I I think there's a lot of excitement about it and there's a lot of people hungry for content. Mm-hmm. Um but compared to let's say a platform like steam outside of the vr stuff it's non-existent right (laughs) compared to it's it's less competitive um and it's definitely way less competitive than mobile or something like that right so you can make very it's a space where you can make very very small things like you know a lot of the things i mentioned and get a lot of attention Mm -hmm. um but it's also a place where you can't sell a lot of units yet. Um, Yeah. I don't know if that's going to, how long that's going to be true. I don't know if it's going to be true for a year or two years or what, but I don't think it's financially um, sustainable in the short term, at least. But I think if you're a a hobbyist developer or you have, you know, a 20% time or you do a lot of side projects or if you have uh, enough money to sustain for a little while sure, and yeah. ride the market out and like build hype for people and, and either build smaller stuff and get it out to a uh, player base and build some fans or start working on whatever that big thing is. So once the market is bigger and once more people are, have things um, you, you can, t- you can get that out quickly. Um, I think th- there's a lot of opportunity there. So, the answer is yes and no. The answer is, is like there's a lot of opportunity, but at this moment, you probably will not be successful. Um, if you're going to launch something like tomorrow, you probably aren't going to make a ton of money. If you can launch something a year from now, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Two years from now, probably. Okay. You'll, you'll probably be in a good spot.
1: Well, uh, Scott Anderson, until next year, when you come back for the next episode of the VR Talk, I'm Larry Charles. Thank you very much for joining the podcast. Audiences, thank you for listening.
0: I'm out. This is Brandon Fam. Thank you for joining us. See you guys next week.
1: And Scott Anderson.
2: (laughs) Scott Anderson. It was was a pleasure. (laughs) All right, dude. Hopefully I can join you guys next year.
1: All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Good night, everybody.